Yeah. What I gained from that, man, be bold. Oh, yeah. Be for bold, sure. man. That's what we talked for about sure. a second ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of in the theme of the whole podcast, yeah. I yeah. feel like. Be bold about your faith, man, your convictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, if you're not a Christian, yeah. you have convictions. So you have something in your gut. You know, something tells you, I, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel mm-hmm. right here. The spirit, you know, if you're a Christian, stirring inside you, you know, convicting you of certain things. Mm-hmm. Be bold. Yeah. Um, if you're feeling convicted about something, there's a reason for that. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the podcast, The Better Man by Dr. Jared Nelson. I am your host, Dr. Jared Nelson, where you can never be perfect, but you can always be better. Today, we have a very special guest with us today, Blake Bernard. Welcome in, Blake. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank Good to have you, dude. Blake Barnard? Barnard. Barnard. Yes. Barnard. I like yes. it. I love it. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to cover. Got a lot of good topics to cover today. I uh, just want to start off by saying, here's how it goes. So picture this. Mm-hmm. You're in the gym, mm-hmm. right? Somebody nudges you. You kind of look at them, and then you start talking, chatting it up, whatever. Yeah. You, what, they're going to ask you, what do you do? So mm-hmm. where are you from? What do you do? Go along with I it. I got you. I got you, man. Well, I was uh, actually born and raised in Texas. Uh, me and my mother both uh, miss miss home a lot for sure. Uh, born and raised in Texas, uh, my mom stayed with me and my grandparents for a little bit. Her parents, and uh, I want to say it was about. I was born in two thousand two. I think she had left in. I want to say two thousand four. Uh, to go into the military. She wanted to have a better life for me. Things weren't going too well uh, with my biological father and her. Um, So she wanted to get into the military to uh, have a better life for me, make a better life for me. And uh, so I lived with my grandparents up until uh, 2009 or whatnot. Uh, Mom was uh, stationed out in Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, July of 2009, uh, I moved out there finally to go live with them and uh, the man I now call my dad. Uh, my mom and him met in the military or whatnot um, mm. on the USS Cole, pretty historic ship. Oh, wow. Um, and so lived out there. We lived there as a family um, for probably, let's see, five, five years, five years until 2014. Uh, my two twin brothers were born in uh, March of 09. So I moved in with them a little bit after they were born and whatnot. And uh, in 2014, we um, dad had gotten medically disabled from the military or whatnot. Uh, in the military, he blew out both of his ACLs and part of his meniscus and both knees. Wow. Um, and was looking for another job. And so he went with truck driving. Um, mom ended up getting uh, medically disabled as well. Uh, and so we were like, well, we're going to go from here. And so the main main point of contact was. Uh, where do we want to move? Alabama or Texas? Because uh, mine and my mom's side is from Texas. Dad's yeah. side is from here to Alabama. Well, we started to think about their parents. Who's older? Who's got a possible shorter time? Dad's parents done. So we moved here to Alabama in uh, March, March I believe, of 2014, late March. Mm-hmm. And uh, been here ever since, man. Been awesome, here ever since. Talking about your parents both being military, we're actually <laughs> going to get into that about yes. having military parents, yes. what that upbringing was like. Oh, yeah, for, sure. um, for those that don't know, I have a military father as well. <clears throat> um, so being raised in a military style home, how you're raised is kind of different than other oh, people. Yeah, we're going to get sure. into that. 
Uh, specifically, what do you do? So talking about, you know, if somebody jump, uh, talk, started talking to you, what do you do? I got you. Uh, so right now, um, I work at uh, Hibbit Sports in the Gaston Mall. Awesome. Um, big corporation, big corporation, uh, billion or trillion dollar company. I can't ever remember which one, but it's a big company. Yeah. And um, I have been there for uh, almost two years, almost two years. Uh, November will be my two year mark. Mm-hmm. Um, before then, I was working at Chick-fil-A. Uh, I worked there for a year, almost exactly a year and a couple weeks. My pleasure. Uh, right. My pleasure. <laughs> And you know that thing stuck with me for so long. I bet it does. Carrying into my other job, mm. and uh, but yeah, I've been at Hibbets for almost two years now. Um, I started out at a basic all sales associate there, and um, almost a year of time went by, and I got the opportunity to move up to a manager in training. Mm. Um, I got moved up there, and I want to say maybe about six months later, I got the. Uh, I got the, what's the word I'm looking for? Promotion. Opportunity. Opportunity to become an assistant store manager, uh, which I have now claimed. Awesome. Um, I've been an assistant store manager since April. So about five months now, I believe. Five months, if I do the math correctly. Mm. And uh, since then, just in that short period of time of those five months, I've been offered my own store twice. Um, I haven't taken it due to situations there at the store. It'd be pretty hard for me to handle, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and just me personally. Um, and our district manager, it's my boss's boss. Um, he he really thinks very highly of me um, for me to move up in the company as quick as I have been. Sure. And uh, and he he really believes that I can run my own store. My boss even believes I can run my own store. But me personally, I think I think I need a little bit more time under my belt mm-hmm. before I uh, run my own store, just to have full confidence in myself to be able to run a store on my own. Understandable. Being an employee and then being in a managerial role is oh, totally yeah. different. Once you start having to manage people, uh, staff, and stuff like that, oh, yeah, just working sure. on a floor really is kind of easy. But then for getting sure. into a managerial role, dog market. Right, right. Um, but yeah, getting into that is totally different. So going back to kind of you being promoted within mm-hmm. within Hibbit Sports, you talked about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask about life with yeah. military parents. Both your parents okay. were military, like you said before. Yeah. My dad was military. How I was raised was very structured. You do the right thing. You you work hard. You promote yourself. Mm-hmm. You show other people that you're capable. So oh, you yeah, trying sure. to rise into the ranks. At Hibbets. By the way, if you need some Jordans, <laughs> yes. go check out. Come on. I bought I plenty, plenty of hands over there you. with Blake. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, going up in the ranks with military style parents, do you feel like that influenced you kind of uh, with the way how you carry yourself? You know, I, I really do. I, I never really think about that too much. Uh, it never pops up in my head. Is is this is this why I am the way I am? Yeah. But, um, you know, really thinking about it and getting down to the nitty gritty of what it would be like to go through a uh, military youth style. It, I, I believe it was because mom and dad always harped on me on doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was very strong to them in the military. Uh, and it was very simple as you do the right thing, you'll get rewarded rightly. That's right. if, if you mess up, your punishment's big. Mm-hmm. And that's how it always was. And, you know, I was a I say I was a terrible child. I wasn't. I definitely had a lot of mishaps and got in trouble a lot at home. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Right, right. 
Um, outside of house, I was a golden angel. Mm-hmm. Um, but at home, for sure, definitely a troubled child, for sure. But um, I was actually talking to uh, a coworker of mine today uh, about being raised up whenever I was younger uh, under military parents. And it was like, I, I, I got their punishments. Whatever their punishments were in the military, I got them as well. Sure. And my, my main one, I asked him, I said, uh, I said, you ever uh, gotten in trouble and had to uh, stand in a corner or face a wall for about 20 to 30 minutes? He goes, a couple times, yeah, maybe. I said, okay. I said, uh, I said, I got that too. I said, but I got it a little bit more harshly. Right. I said, I had to stand on my tiptoes for 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Every time. Building calf muscles. Right. Every time <laughs> that my heels touched that ground was a stripe across the backside. Man. And, uh, but it, it, it did build up some calf muscles for sure. I could stand on my tiptoes all day. But I think that's interesting to say because a lot of people would look at that and be like, that's abuse mm-hmm. or that's whatever. Yeah. I had a similar thing. I was uh, whipped, mm-hmm. you know, as a child and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I don't have children. You don't have children yet. Right. But I think that's something, you know, I think a lot of people look at that as abuse. Yeah. Kind of from your point of view, do you look at it as that or are you thankful that your parents were disciplined in you in that way? I, I don't look at it as abuse in that way mm-hmm. um because abuse is a very bold and strong term right to use um i i believe it is strictly discipline mm-hmm. um if it was abuse i'd have marks all over me mm-hmm. and it never ever even came close to that right you know and it, it was just more of a discipline and to get me to look at something from a different perspective Right. Uh, whatever the situation was that I might've gotten in trouble for. Yeah. I look back at it now and I think the same thing. I, at the time I'm like, why is this happening? Or I, I you know, of course you don't like it when you're getting whipped and stuff like that, but years, right. 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you look back and I'm just like, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, one time I wanted to go to this guy's house before mm-hmm. my parents didn't know his parents, didn't know anything about him. And mm-hmm. we were just going to play a video game, animal crossing, whatever. Yeah. But my parents said no. And at the time, I was like so angry with them. I was like, why? Why couldn't? And retrospectively, looking back at parents the way they are, if they are somewhat strict to me, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Parents that just allow their kids to do whatever. Again, we're not parents. So it's easy for us to say. Mm -hmm. But just from my perspective, um, you know, having a military style father and uh, having a mom that also followed Mm -hmm. that, to me, it was very beneficial. Oh, yeah, for sure. And my my big thing that the parents all that my parents were always on me about was being good in school right and knowing your stuff making your good grades and whatnot and whenever i was younger it was i was horrible in school i never really paid attention i was always talking in class and whatnot and uh i i even remember is probably the worst trouble i've ever gotten in i um i just gotten home from school that day and my thing was was Every time, every day that I got home from school, first thing I did was take care of homework. Whatever homework it was, I took care of it. If there was any studying that needed to be done for a future test coming up, something like that, I took care of that as well. Then after that, I could go play my games or whatnot, play with my brothers, something like that. I came home from school one day, did my regular homework, and then uh, I was studying for history. I still remember it. I remember the exact topic, but I know it was history class. And uh, I was studying for history and I was sitting there and I was laying on my bed and I had my my, uh, binder open, sitting there reading it. Mm. And I would go over it probably about five times uh, as much as I could. 
And I started to doze off while I was sitting there going over my history. I'm laying in bed. I'm comfortable. I wanted to be comfortable while studying and make it entertaining at least for Mm -hmm. me to get something out of it. Right. Well, as I started to doze off, I just so happened to end up falling asleep. And I fell asleep at at just the right time. Mm -hmm. Mom comes walking in. Mm. And uh, she comes walking in and sees that my eyes are closed. And she goes, Blake woke me up she goes are you sleeping I said no ma'am she goes your eyes were closed i said i was studying i was studying so me and her go back and forth for a little bit and uh she was sitting there getting on to me and whatnot and dad had heard a bunch of commotion or whatnot going on from the living room and he goes to get ready to come in my room and my mom closes the door in his face. <laughs> and dad will even tell you to this day, he knew something was up from then. He knew something was about to go down. Mom handled business. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we were sitting in there and she goes, I'm son. I'm going to ask you one more time. Mm-hmm. Were you asleep? My answer was, I guess I'm going to have to say yes. Cause I don't want to lie anymore. There you go. She goes, Okay. What does she do? She goes and gets the belt. She said, you be ready whenever I get back in there. It was five licks, and then you go and stand on the wall and tiptoes. Wow. But I, I can tell you right now, after that day, I didn't lie anymore. Right. Oh, man, I did not. Right. And uh, mom and dad always instilled to me, if you tell the truth in, be- in the beginning, you might get punished, but your punishment won't be as worse. Right. And so, you know, since then, I've always stuck to myself to be a very truthful person, no matter what. Even if I am in the wrong, you know, it's just the better thing to do. It's better for you and whoever you're conversing with. Right. And sometimes I would say that people say that stuff like that is traumatic or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is a story that you've learned. Oh, yeah. That you actually are respectful to your parents of and thankful that they did stuff like that. Because it developed the character that you have today. For sure. For sure. For sure. But I took that. And uh, from then on, I I really started to take my take my school serious. Mm -hmm. Um. I think I think that was probably in either the second or third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth grade, I know, was a downfall for me. I could hardly keep my grades up in fourth grade. I was always talking in class, whatever, cutting up with my friends. And so it always drew me away from the actual school perspective right. and getting my work done and everything. And I um, had to have a decent amount of parent-teacher conferences to get my grades right, see what I could do to help my grade and whatnot. But Going throughout school, it was just, uh, I moved, we moved here to Alabama uh, towards the end of my sixth grade year, mm. uh, went to Hoax Bluff High School, and whenever I started middle school, I felt like I was really comfortable with how I had been um, these past few years with school and everything, mm. pretty confidently doing everything and passing my test and whatnot. And I was talking about this with my coworker today as well. I um from that I can remember from middle school on, all the way through middle school, all the way through high school, I never studied once. Mm. Never studied once. And I, I ended up just developing that, I guess you say, attribute to memorize things. Pretty good at memorizing things if I put my effort into it. Mm-hmm. And so that helped me in school a lot. Um, I don't know why a lot of people would look down on that because i'm not studying but i mean 
if I'm passing my test and I'm memorizing everything, why study? Exactly. Um, I was not one of those people. I think for in sure, school, for, for sure, sure. I, I had to study. That's yeah. the way I always was. And then nursing school hit. And right. Then it's, uh, <laughs> it hit the fan, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm going to move on. Life yeah. with military parents, I think that's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. um, structured. I, I see a lot of military kids. And people who have been to the hospital have asked me, Previously, when I was younger, uh, what branch of the military were you in? I, I wasn't in the military. <laughs> it was just raised by a military parent, yeah. and I think it instills just um, just something different inside you. Mm. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Uh, it is a really good thing. But oh, yeah, sure. moving right along, uh, you have two brothers. I do. So you were the oldest brother, uh, and we didn't establish this earlier. How old are you, Blake? I am just turned 21 a week ago. 21? Yes. To be 21 again. I know. <laughs> I'm 31, so I got 10 years on you. But you got two younger brothers. Oh, Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, for sure. So like I mentioned earlier, they were uh, born in March, March 2nd uh, of 2009. Um, and I've got to watch them grow up uh, every bit of their life. Um, well, missed out on the first few months, but essentially talking, I've watched them grow up um, all their life. And if we get technical, they're my half brothers just because we have a different dad, but we obviously do not see that as uh, at all. But um, I've watched them grow up and throughout the years, it I, I've really, these past couple of years, I've really seen how much of influence I can be to them in a good way, sure. in a good way, um, how much of an influence I've been to them. Um, whenever we were younger, I used to get them in trouble all the time because mm. they, they would do stuff to each other. And if I did it to them, oh, I just blame it on the other one and they end up getting in trouble. Um, but as we grew up together, we, we really gained a close bond. You know, I, I never really knew what it was like to have another sibling, uh, until I moved to Virginia in 09. Mm. Um, I was the only child. I was always spoiled, spoiled mm. rotten. Still am by my grandparents. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, so we grew up a lot, pretty close, really close. Um, and I want to say probably about 2015, 2016 or so, um, is where I, I really started to make the connection with them. Mm -hmm. Um, my brothers were in that stage of just being rude to each other they didn't care what they said and all this. And I was always trying to step up and help mom and dad out, not have them worry about everything too much. Cause I, I was used to taking care of my brothers. Okay. Um, whenever mom or dad would be out on deployment, whenever we were in Virginia, I'd help the other parent or whatnot with taking care of them, babysitting so-called or whatnot. Sure. And, um, so we get here and they're going through that stage and everything. And I'm trying to help mom and dad out by not having to really worry about it too much, but also trying to be an influence to them at whatever point I can get across to them. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Whether it's either really nicely to where they understand, or I have to be harsh and make a point. I think that's great as an older brother to want to influence uh, the younger generation, oh, yeah, especially sure. even kids that, you know, that are your brothers that you care mm -hmm. about showing them the, the way you yeah. know, and how to live well and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have an older brother as well. He does the same. Mm -hmm. He lives a good life. You know, yeah. that sets a good example for me and I'm very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. So you feel like you've been a good example to you. Would your brothers say that you're a good example? They probably wouldn't as much as I put uh, them really? through. They probably wouldn't. Oh, <laughs> um, no, seriously. They, they, they probably would agree to it as well. Um, mm -hmm. Because uh, whenever they were in that stage, 
I was really harsh on my brother Aaron. Mm. Um, he's the younger one of them two by three minutes. Um, I was really harsh on him because he and they're twins. We yes, didn't specify yeah, that. yeah, they are twins. Um, he he was always bullying Christian around. He he'd always push him around smart off to him something like that now you get them both in school and somebody says one wrong thing to the other then they're backing each other up it's on that's right but at home they're always constantly arguing and whatnot and if aaron ever got smart with me or something like that i'd return it right back to him Mm -hmm. and i'd argue with him all day long and mom would tell me blake you need to quit arguing with an Mm eight-year-old and i told mom one day we were actually in the car on the way home. I told her, I said, Mom, I said, I understand. I said, but eventually there's going to come a day where they're going to say all this to the wrong person. That's right. And they're going to get shown what's right and what they deserve for mm-hmm. saying all this. I said, I'm doing this to help them, whether they like it or not. And that's pretty insightful. You were how old when you did that? I was probably, let's see, I'm, we're seven years apart. I was probably about 15. Fifteen yeah, that's pretty or insightful so. for a fifteen-year-old yeah. to kind of go through all that mm-hmm. mentally and then think about. Your oh yeah, life. for sure, for sure. And I, I had told them because I, I had told mom I was like, whenever they get up to middle school and high school, this stuff is not gonna fly. Right. They're gonna say one wrong thing to somebody and they're gonna get their teeth knocked out. They're gonna end up getting in a fight. I said I'm not gonna have that. I, I don't want them coming home saying that they got in trouble from school and being on in school suspension for who knows how long. Well, that happens. I think a lot of people, they, they try it over time. You oh, know, yeah, you might get sure. away with it. Even bullies, there's always somebody bigger. Oh yeah. There's for always sure. somebody bigger uh, going back to school or whatever. For sure. Um, a little further away than it was right. for me than it was for you. Right. right. But uh, there's always somebody bigger. Oh yeah. And so eventually you keep trying it. You're trying it. You may get away with it for a while, but eventually mm-hmm. something's going to happen. Yeah, you know? for sure. And I think me doing that not only helped them out or whatnot, um, Obviously, they still argue daily, but it it has really toned down. And I even think through through me having that um, having that outlook for Aaron to look up to, mm-hmm. um, it it really drew us closer together. I believe um, me and me and Christian, Aaron and Christian, both of, we we still obviously all love each other. But there's there's just a closer bond mm-hmm. between me and Aaron. Um, it's obviously mainly over sports or whatnot, but there's, there's just a lot of similarities between me and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I call him my mini me. He mm-hmm. looks just like me. Yes. Cool. Um, I remember whenever I got, uh, I went from spiky hair and a buzz cut to, uh, my little pushover hairstyle and, uh, freshman year. Um, not too long after that, they got their hair cut and he wanted exactly the same thing because I had it. Yeah. That's cool. And, he looks um, up to you, man. That's for sure. Cool. For sure. And, um, now me and him have such a close bond and, uh, I, I tried to be, as we've gotten that bond closer to each other, I've tried to be an influence even more because I know it's really going to start impacting him now because now they're freshmen in high school. Absolutely. And it's just, I, Need, they're gonna have questions. Gonna oh yeah, for guidance. sure, for mm-hmm. sure. And I'm really trying to watch what I do, watch what I say, 
especially whenever I'm around them, uh, just to make sure that I am leading them in that right direction. But the verse in Proverbs that I love is mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron. Yes. So a friend sharpens a friend for sure. And some translations may say a brother sharpens mm-hmm. a brother, whatever else. And it's the same exact thing. It is. Um, having brothers, having people in your life to sharpen you, to look out for mm-hmm. you, think ahead, say, Hey, I've been through this. I'm going to sure. help you with this. For sure. We'll change your life completely Two, looking yeah. at brothers. Um, when your parents get older, you're mm-hmm. gonna have to work together. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to figure mm-hmm. out ways to take care of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and all that. You gotta think about that stuff in the future. Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Going on to the next point, uh our walk with Christ, man. It, going back, we never really talked about how we met. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna kind of explain that a little bit. So Ooh. I'm a baller, shot caller, <laughs> as well as Blake is too. <laughs> Calling Blake Curry. Right. Blake right. Curry's out here drilling the threes, man. I'm more of a it. uh in the paint like Shaquille mm-hmm. O'Neal kind of thing. Met on the basketball court, uh, Meadowbrook yeah. Baptist, playing mm-hmm. basketball, man, and mm-hmm. uh, the bond formed there, and oh, yeah, been good friends sure. ever since, dude. For it's, sure. it's been really cool getting to know yes. you. Uh, our walk with Christ, specifically, kind of want to hear your testimony, yeah. uh, share a little bit about mine. I was saved at eight years old, mm-hmm. uh, felt the call to Christ at eight years old, and ever since, uh, you know, have stumbled at times, just like everybody does, but has always gone back to Christ. Uh, repented for my sins and uh, gotten better over time, you know, mm-hmm. improved my walk with Christ. Something Randy Gunner, I wanted to say really quick before you share your testimony, I yeah. want to talk about this. Last Sunday, I don't know if you were there, but he talked mm-hmm. about we try to be so good. We try to do all these things, check off all these boxes, just like they did in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came in and said, follow me. Yeah. I think we're so focused on doing all the right things. Oh, yeah. We don't focus on Christ, and he is going to help resolve all these issues around your life, the yeah. sin that's in your life. He's going to take that away from you, help you resist the temptation and all that. Very important point I want to talk oh, yeah, about that. Sure. Tell us your testimony, Blake, yeah, um, man. when you came to Christ and what that story's like. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I know it starts off dark, but it gets better as the story goes let's on. Let's do it, man. Um, if you're comfortable, let's do and, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it, it's taken me a while to get comfortable with it. Um. Mm. With everything, it has definitely taken some time. Um, but the more that I talked about it, the more I became comfortable. Um, whenever I was born, uh, like I had mentioned earlier, things weren't really great between my biological father and my mom. Uh, my grandparents didn't think that my biological father was the man that she needed to be with. Um, so whenever I was born... My grandparents tried to force my mom to have an abortion. Um, and so it it's killed me a lot uh, to really say that as many times as I have, but it's also really inspiring. Um, so I uh, like I had mentioned, I was born and raised in Texas. Um, and I basically, in a general sense, have grew up in church all my life. Um, whenever I was born, I was dabbed on the head as a baby or whatnot. Wow. Um, but, uh, I went to church with my grandparents, uh, whenever I was living with them, uh, for so long, um, never really did anything. Uh, never really, uh, accepted Christ or anything. I just went to church cause that's where my grandparents went. You know, I was a kid really didn't understand anything. I really don't remember too much to this day, mm-hmm. um, about anything there. And, uh, so 2009, I think was a a really big switch for me. Um, I was so used to going to church and everything. And uh, 2009 came and moved out there to go live with mom and dad in July. And um, 
growing up with military parents is for sure different. Mm. For sure different than the for regular sure. church life. For sure. Um, things weren't the same. Uh, I, I definitely changed um, for the worse. Um, language started to get incorporated. And this was uh, what age? Let's see, 2009. At the time that I moved with them, I was seven. So I'll say eight years old, okay. eight or nine years old. Um, language really started to be incorporated into my mind, um, which obviously being around military parents, that's all that they talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so never really, never ever went to church uh, while we were there. Um, ended up finding a babysitter, um, to take care of me and my brothers, uh, during the summer while we were out of school and whatnot. And, um, every now and then on a Sunday, if we went there, uh, our babysitter would take us to the church that she went to. And, uh, it was, I, I don't remember too much from there either. I just remember having a good time. Um, my babysitter's grandson, uh, was my best friend. So I always went just so me and him could hang out there or whatnot. And we always had a fun time there. Um, still never really accepted Christ genuinely or anything. And, um, time went on from there. We moved here to Alabama in, uh, 2014. And since we didn't have a house move into Alabama, uh, we stayed at my grandparents' house, um, my dad's parents, uh, and they were right across the street, literally right across the street uh, from Union Number Three Baptist. And uh, dad had actually grown up there at that church. Uh, it was a smaller, confined church at a different place, uh, but it was the same, uh, same organization, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, my um, stepsister, my dad's uh, daughter, um, uh, my stepsister, uh, and her family, her other family, her mom and her stepdad, uh, and their family went to that church. And every now and then, um, my stepsister would come over and we come hang out, visit or whatnot. So as she could see her actual dad and everything now that we were living in the same area. Mm. And, uh, she invited me out to go one Wednesday night. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, sure. And I'd always seen church as a, cool fun place to hang out you know and uh i don't remember my first time going or anything uh but i found myself wanting to go even more Mm. now whether it was to hang out with her or a couple of other kids that we went to school with something like that i started going or christ pulling you in or christ pulling me in that's awesome and uh so june of 2015 i believe it was june 11th it was uh, VBS week, VBS week, and um, I was going all week. Uh, it was just me going uh, from my family, and um, Matt Lloyd. I don't know if you know Matt Lloyd. He go he goes name. to Matt O'Brien. He goes to Matt O'Brien. Okay, I know the name. Uh, Matthew Lloyd. He uh he was speaking one night for our middle school group, and uh, I believe it was Wednesday night. Uh, during VBS, and he had mentioned something. Can't remember exactly what the topic was, but it was about treating others with respect and how you treat others. Mm-hmm. And I really took a hold of that. I was like, "How am I treating other people?" 
And it wasn't always the best. As much as I, as deep as I looked into it, it wasn't always the best. Mm. It was like, I could be better than that, you know? And he compared it to how do we treat people as humans versus how did, how did Christ treat people? Right. And, and it really, really stuck. Um, so on June 11th of 2014, uh, I went down and gave my life to Christ. Wow. Um, and that was, I was 12 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, or 11 years old, getting ready to turn 12, uh, two months later. Um, so from there, um, I really, really started to be heavy on wanting to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually drawn my mom in, she was like, okay, well, let me go a couple times. Um, and whatnot. So, uh, mom got into church and every now and then we'd ask dad, you want to go? You want to go? He's nah, I'll do it some other time. I keep pushing it off. Well, that same month in June on Father's Day, he uh, came to church. It was on a Sunday that uh, that year. Father's Day was on a Sunday, mm. and uh, I, I still remember this. He, uh, we were watching a video on the projector, and uh, it was from the movie. Um, I can't remember the movie. It was a Christian movie, the though. Passion or something. What was passion. wasn't the Passion? Fireproof? No, wasn't fireproof. Uh, but it was about Jesus's life and okay. whatnot. Um, and he, it was a part where Jesus had went to, I believe, Peter, and Peter and his uh, crewmates, I guess you could call them, were out there in the water fishing and fishing all day, couldn't catch a single thing. Mm. Jesus comes out there, steps in the boat, stirs his finger in the water, and they bring up a whole fish net of fish. Right. And uh, it showed in the scene of Jesus putting his fingers in the water and stirring the water. Just pause right there. Think about that in today's time. Mm -hmm. Like, think that's what I try to think about too, just to change and we'll come right back to it. Mm -hmm. People, what if Jesus came in today's time? Yeah. A lot of people didn't believe in Jesus then. and I don't say I understand it or I completely agree with it or whatever, but you have to see it from their point of view. If somebody yeah. came in today's time, there was no fish, and then somebody put their finger in the water, and then fish all came around, yeah. be pretty unremarkable. It would. And that's how it remarkable would. Jesus is, oh, yeah, though, in the time. Sure. He did things that were just insane. For sure. Back to the story. Um, And so our pastor had played that scene and whatnot. He got up to the pulpit and started speaking, and uh, he made the comment. He said, I want you all to think about it this way. He said, what if Jesus took his fingers and stirred your heart like he did that water? Mm. What would be your outcome? Mm. And dad said that really hit him like a ton of bricks. Mm. Really started making him think. The change. Um, two days later, uh, he called over our pastor to our house, my grandparents' house, and uh, got saved there in their driveway. Uh, accepted Christ then. Um I believe mom had accepted Christ somewhere in between the time that I did and my dad did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now our whole family is going to church. That's awesome. Um, and whenever I had heard that uh, dad had gotten saved and that he was planning on getting baptized soon, um, I asked dad, I said, uh, I said, you're getting baptized soon, right? He said, yeah. He said, yeah. I said, okay. I said, uh, so would it be fine if I got baptized with you? He said, sure, son. Let's That's do awesome. it. Uh, so me and him got baptized at the same exact time. Um, 
And so life had went on from there, uh, finishing up middle school and whatnot. Um, I was trying to improve my walk daily as much as I could being a new believer. Now that I was a believer in Christ, everything in this world is starting to hit me. Sure. Um, and it was, it was very tough to try to stick it out. Um, in seventh grade, uh, at a very young age, uh, I want to say I was probably 13 or 14, um, possibly 15. Can't remember exactly. Uh, but in seventh grade, I had gotten, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Exposed pornography. Okay. And ever since then it hit me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was very hard to battle through that. Mm -hmm. Uh, very hard. Never really understood why all this was happening now. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously now I have a great grasp of why it happened. Sure. Um, but it was just. I was confused by the whole thing because at that point in time, I was questioning, you know, everybody talks about how great Christianity is and how great people's lives are whenever they're with Jesus. I was like, well, if that's the case, why is all of this happening? Mm. It just doesn't make sense. And I had heard something that said, you know, the closer you are to Christ, the closer Satan is to you. That's right. He's even closer. And he's just waiting to bite, looking for that that inch to be able to grasp a hold of you. Always looking to seek, kill, and destroy. That's what exactly. he does. And the closer that we get to Christ, that's what we see in a lot mm-hmm. of people. A lot of churches now say, if you come to Christ, all your problems are going to be gone. Yeah. and Your life's going to be beautiful. And yes, it is going to be beautiful. But God also promises us, and Jesus promises us, that there's going to be trials that we oh, encounter yeah, for because sure. we're Christians. For sure. And uh, it's like the sharpening iron thing. You know, mm-hmm. going through trials, like you said, what you went through in middle school, mm-hmm. what I've been through in my own life, I would not be the person I am today without that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people exactly. look, oh, you did this or you did that. And that's why looking down on people is so wrong because yeah. they would not be the people they are now yeah. if they had not gone through what they went through. Right, right. So that that hit me at a pretty early age um, and had gone throughout the rest of middle school or whatnot, trying to improve as best as I could while dealing with that sin. Mm. Um, so ninth grade had came along and uh, I had I had now moved into the high school ministry there at Union three and uh there was uh, a buddy of mine there in that class. Uh, he was a junior, and uh, Matthew Johnson. He um, he had gotten up to speak one night, share a small bit of his testimony, and you know he had said, uh, "I think it was during the summer, or we were getting ready to start school, or we had just started school." Mm-hmm. He had said, "He said, you know, it's my junior year. I've been in high school for long enough." He said, I don't want y'all to turn out like I have been. He said, I have wasted so much time in high school not being the light I should be and sharing with the people that I need to share with. And he said, don't be like that. He said, take advantage of the time that you have. Mm. He said, because before you know it, you're graduating and you're never going to see these people again. And I really took a hold of that. And I said, okay. So I, I started to build up the courage of who do I want to share with? Who do I need to share with and how can I share with them? Mm-hmm. 
And so I, I started to see that I wasn't really good with one-on-one um, and whatnot. So I just tried to look for areas that I could creep in and say a little something, you know. So it all started in ninth grade. Um, ninth grade English. Uh, we were doing a project. And um, a project that we had to do was give a speech in front of the class. Mm. And we could write out five small topics on a postcard. And uh, the teacher said, you write down those five topics and uh, you go about your business on what you want to say. The main majority topic was uh, what do you want? To be on your tombstone whenever you die, mm. and and why do you want that to be on there? Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what it was, um, but my why reasoning, I had ended up giving a small, very small, shortened testimony of mine, um, and I felt really good about it. I felt enough courage to get up there in front of the class. And share a little bit of my testimony. Mm-hmm. And I felt really good after it. Really relieved. That's great. And um, after class that day, that exact class, we got out of class. And uh classmate of mine, he had asked me a little bit more about it. I can't remember exactly what it was. He asked me a little bit more about my testimony and whatnot. And I knew he was lost. And uh, so I ended up sharing a little bit more with him. And we ended up going about our business. Mm-hmm. Um, never really talked to this guy too much anymore um, after that. Uh, but I know the seed was planted. And hopefully there'll be growth someday. I've, I've been praying that there will be growth someday in that. That's great. And I think a lot of people, we see Christianity and we see people on the side of the road with signs and yelling at people like, come to Jesus or you're going to, yeah. you're a sinner. You need yeah. to be repent. You need to, you're going to hell, all this stuff. But mm-hmm. really the, the key, I think, to Christianity and showing people the love of Jesus is to develop a relationship with people. Mm-hmm. Too, when you're around people, whatever you're doing at work, whenever you're wherever, mm-hmm. people will see a difference. You have a peace inside of you. And I think people will see that and they'll say, there's something different, even if they don't say it. Mm-hmm. I think people understand they see that. They said there's something different about them. Mm-hmm. They walk different. They're not talking like everybody else. Yeah, And it's no superiority in any way that a lot of people think, you know, Christianity is... People think they're superior, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that Jesus has kind of transformed your life. Yeah. How you carry yourself is different. How we're supposed to act is different, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not that we do it ourselves, but Jesus coming into our life does it for us. Right, you know? right. And so each year of high school, uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, I always looked for those opportunities, and I got them each year with, with at least one class if I had to get up and speak in front of the class, it was something Christ-like. I made sure to incorporate something Christian-like so yeah. that way I could share to as many people as I could. Mm-hmm. And whether they were listening or not, I have no clue. But Christ knows. That's right. And if there was a seed planted, I pray to God that there was. And if somebody is saved due to their memory of memorizing that, of he look at his life and look at what he's been through, look at what he's doing. That's right. You know, um, well, that's the whole gospel, man. Oh, yeah, We're sure. all broken people. Mm-hmm. I think anybody that's a Christian and tries to be self-righteous is mm-hmm. wrong. We're all yeah. broken people, pastors, whoever. 
we've all been through things. We've all done things uh, that not necessarily we regret because mm-hmm. I think it shapes us over time. Yeah. But things that, you know, we kind of don't like that we've done. But Jesus mm-hmm. comes into our life. He transforms us, yeah. changes us into new people. And now we live a life and we want to help other people the same exact For way. Sure. For sure. And so I had gone throughout high school always trying to look for an opportunity to share. And for me, there wasn't really a lot of room for that one-on-one. And that's why I liked to do that group setting, I guess you could say, with me getting up in front of the class. Sure. Um, because I tell everybody this. In high school, I've seen it like this. There was three groups of people in my grade. You had the rednecks. <laughs> you had the popular kids. Uh-huh. And then you had me. Ah. And that's just how I always seen it. I really didn't have anybody that I really talked to uh, in my grade. If I talked to anybody and had any acquaintances, mm-hmm. it was all in grades below me. Right. And um, so it was very hard for me to go through that. Mm-hmm. But during that time, it also helped me grow in my Christian walk. Um, with that being said, just being able to faithfully trust in Christ to to get me through high school. Not not even think about, man, I'm so alone. I need somebody to talk to, somebody to hang out with, because Christ was always there with me. That's right. And getting up in front of that class, each class, each year, really, really helped me with that. Um, just being able to pray that God would give me the courage and be bold with everybody you know, um, to get up there and speak in front of people. Right. And I think you got to kind of find your uh, niche, niche, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, mm-hmm. and kind of see how you best go with people. Some people are one-on-one people. Some mm-hmm. are like small group people mm-hmm. and some like talking to a lot of people at once and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but I think God gives us all gifts. Oh, yeah, Talks sure. about it in his word. We all have different spiritual mm-hmm. gifts and ways that we can reach people. And I think what he wants us to do is not kind of fight against that, mm-hmm. but use our personality, use yeah. what he's given us to kind of, focus on certain groups of people, however we want to do it and out yeah. and outreach and, you know, uh, minister to them. Oh yeah, for sure. And so after I got out of high school, I took that with me of, you know, just trusting in God that, um, he's always there with me. And over the past couple of years, I have grown to the fact of being truthful and bold with people. One of my favorite people that I look up to as a great role model. Uh, I have a couple of his books. Um, he's really popular in sports. Everybody knows him. Tim Tebow. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love Tim Tebow. I um, went to a big Christian concert, Winter Jam, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been to many myself. Yes, yes. It's and he had, he had came out and he was a guest speaker for Birmingham only. I saw, I thought, well, what are the chances, man? You know? I'm getting to hear Tim Tebow speak, one of my favorite speakers. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had made a comment. He had said, you know, everybody always comes to these conferences and they're sitting here praising the Lord, raising their hands, singing as loud as they can. They're really engaged with all these speakers. He said, but if all you come here to do is to hang out with your friends, have a good time, listen to music, Hear somebody speak. If that's all that you come here to do, what are we doing out in the world? Right. And it really hit, you know? And from then on, it was like, I, I need to make a difference. There, there's got to be something. 
It's got to be something that I can do. Well, I think that's the whole basis of the Christian faith. We're supposed to be in community with each Mm -hmm. other inside the walls. We're supposed to help encourage each other, learn, digest the word, do everything and learn that. But our main purpose is to be an outreach and a blessing Mm -hmm. to other people. And we can't do that within the church. I think that's one of the things when I look for a church home and I look somewhere to go, Mm -hmm. uh, what are they doing outreach wise? How are they helping mainly orphans and, uh, and children, Mm -hmm. children and orphans. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, widows, orphans yes, and widows. Yes, yeah. That's one of the major parts in the Bible yeah. talks about that. Mm-hmm. What are we doing to help those kind of people? What yeah. are we doing to be an outreach and a ministry to other people? Because mm-hmm. that's what the gospel is all about yeah. is helping those in need. It really for is. For sure. For sure. And so I, I grew to the point to where I'm tired of myself laying low and just being kind of beaten around the bush with certain things or whatnot. And I grew to the point to where I needed to be bold. Mm. And just be truthful. That's what God's word is. And because God even references the Bible as a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that point on, you know, I have been standing up for just straight truthfulness. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, truth hurts sometimes. Sure. Whether it's either to the person that you're conversing with or if it's even about yourself. But truth can be loving. Exactly. I think a lot of people don't oh, know yeah. that too. Oh, yeah. A good friend will tell you something that would oh, hurt yes. you, even a parent or whatever. And for I've sure. had those conversations in for my sure. life for sure. And mm. it's just, and with that truth being bold mm. and just telling everything how it is, don't beat around the bush, just tell it straight how it is. And be bold about what you're confident about, you know? Um, and so I've taken that really to heart. And if some people ask me about certain topics, I'm going to just give it to them how it is. If I know a lot about it, I'm going to tell them what I know and why the reasonings I believe this way about it, you know, and I I could go on for hours about being bold and being truthful. Absolutely. But it's really shaped me and built me to who I am. Um, I, I had a time where whenever I got out of high school, um, since I graduated during COVID, Everything was shut down. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got out of high school at about March or so. My very last day. This is the only way that I remember it. It's hard to even think about. I know. (laughs) My very last day was March 11th, my mom's birthday. That's the only way I remember it. Very last day of high school was March 11th of 2020. And uh, throughout that time of me being at home, dad wanted me to get a job. And I knew the time was coming for me to get a job, go to college, whatnot. And for me to really start thinking about what I wanted to do with my career and what I wanted to do with my life. So I had never really looked at jobs or anything because I knew places were sort of kind of closed down or whatnot. Not a lot of people were really hiring because of COVID and whatnot. And so July, around about July, I came around and dad had told me, he was like, if you don't find you a job by your birthday, this, this, and this is going to happen and all this. And so he was just really pushing for me to um, find a job. And, you know, I was telling mom, I was like, you know, I am trying to look and whatnot and everything. And it had gotten brought up. I finally put in an application to Chick-fil-A. And uh, that same day, I also had a uh, interview the the interview that I had with Chick Fil A that same day. I was also having an interview with Hibbets, just so okay. happened to be. Um, but my interview with Hibbets was scheduled 
They wanted me to come in at uh, 12, I believe. And Chick-fil-A's interview was an open interview. So I talked to mom about it and she was like, she was like, go to Chick-fil-A's first because theirs is open. You can go in at any time, whatever. I was like, okay. So I went to Chick-fil-A and I practically got hired on the spot or whatnot. So me not really thinking about it at that time, I kind of felt pressured to work at Chick-fil-A because okay. dad was really harping on me getting a job. I'm not going to live in this house if I don't have a job. Mm. And um, and you were how old at this time? I was, I just turned 18. Okay. Just turned 18. Okay. A lot and of parents do that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and I, I totally understood it, but it sure. was just like, you know, I was sitting there thinking, let me get my job whenever I want my job, you know? Right. And the other thing was I didn't want to work fast food. I didn't want to work fast food. And I wanted to work retail. I've always had a retail mindset mm. and um, didn't want to work fast food. Fast food was my last resort. If anything came down, fast food was going to be my last resort. Mm -hmm. Well, so I felt pressured. Didn't think about it at that time, but I felt pressured to go to Chick-fil-A. Well, at the same time, I had started up college. I had essentially felt pressured to go to college. Mm. Mom and dad always asked me, what are you going to do in college? When are you going to start college? All of this. And, you know, college is always the topic whenever you come out of high school. You know, mm -hmm. what are you going to do in college? Right. Where are you going? You well, know? that's kind of the mindset of the generation or mm -hmm. two before us. If yes. you didn't go to college, you weren't successful. Exactly. And the world has changed oh, so yeah, much. for sure. You know, it's for not sure. necessarily something you have to do. And so college started to get really stressful on me. I was taking four classes, uh, 12 credit hours a semester. I started out uh, the fall of 2020. and it was horrible going to school full time. I was working 30 plus hours a week at Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting up at probably about five o'clock every morning um, to get there. And I took care of the truck that we had come in every day and whatnot. And I'd work until two o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'd be beat by that time mm. um, just from working at Chick-fil-A because they're such a high maintenance restaurant. Right. And uh, I did that for the fall semester. Um, I ended up failing one or two of my classes, uh, mm. that fall semester come spring semester, took four more classes, still another huge workload. Um, and I ended up dropping one of my classes cause I, I just didn't see myself doing the work mm. and whatnot. And it's like, I don't want this to hurt my GPA. So I need to drop it now before it gets worse. At that same time, the owner of the Chick-fil-A had retired. So now corporate is coming in and having to run the restaurant for a little bit. So now management's starting to change. Yeah. Um, that summer, moving into the summer of 21 now, into the summer, I was taking two classes. One class, I just didn't even care for. I didn't do. The other class, I was pretty heavy on doing it. And um, it had gotten close to the end of the summer. And mom had asked me, she goes, uh, she said, how are your classes looking? I was hoping she wouldn't ever ask me about it because I didn't want to tell her. Right. I told mom, I said, I ain't do a single bit of work in my other class. No, mm -hmm. I'm going to fail it. She's like, okay. And me and her were talking about it for a little bit. And um, about this time, the new management that's there at Chick-fil-A now had finally moved in. And they were changing a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was getting to be a lot. And um, we were sitting there talking about it. Me and my mom was. We were talking about school. And I just came to the point to where I needed to be truthful with mom. You know, I told mom, 
me and her were sitting down in my room. I said, Mom, I said, I'm just going to be straight up. And I said, this is just how I am. This is what I'm feeling. And I had anger behind it. And I was just, I told her, I said, I've, I've felt pressured to go to school. Mm-hmm. I feel like y'all have pressured me to work at this job. Nothing is what I want to do. It's all what y'all want to do, trying to make y'all happy. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way I was feeling. You know, I, I just finally let it go. Finally erupted. But I think you're not alone. I think a lot of kids go through that. Uh, there's an expectation when you turn 18, when 19, whatever, when you graduate high school, yeah. the next step is college. Mm-hmm. If you don't do college, you're a failure. Yeah. I think it's great. Uh, I didn't. I went straight through, but I don't know that everybody's built for it. Sometimes yeah. take a couple of years off. To me, if you're taking classes mm-hmm. in college, you don't know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You don't know if those classes that you're taking are going to transfer mm-hmm. into the future curriculum yeah. that you're going to do. Uh, what are, what are you wasting your time for? You're wasting right. time. You're wasting money for what? Mm-hmm. You could be building another skill. Yeah. You could be working, making money. You could be doing a lot more things. Yeah. But I think so many people, it's that generational thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't go to college, you're a failure. You know, you can't right. do something, think outside the box. You can't take time to think. You have to go to college as soon as you're done with high yeah. school yeah. or you're a failure. And I yeah. think that's wrong. Yeah. And, and it's not that I didn't want to go to college for mm-hmm. what I was going to college for. I was going for uh, accounting technology. And it, it 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 was what I wanted to do. It's what I personally pursued. It's what I wanted to do. Right. I really liked mom's job and everything and what she did. I got an insight on it. I was like, I really like this and I think I could do it. And so it's like, I did want to do that part of college, mm-hmm. but it was just the workload and dealing with the workforce all together was too much. I felt pressured to do everything all at once. Let me ask you this. Have you yeah. thought about going into the military? I have not. I have uh, not. I have not. No. How come? No? I, not for you? I just don't think it's for me. Okay. I just don't think it's for me. Okay. But. um, It wasn't for me either. So <laughs> and so I finally just had that conversation with mom. I, I let it all out. And, and, you know, I was scared to because I never wanted to make mom and dad mad, right. especially at me in this stage from where I've come from for so much and whatnot. And I, I just wanted to. I wanted to show everybody that I was successful, you know, and I, I tried to put on this picture and uh, this mask so that way everybody thought I was an amazing child. I was an amazing student. I was an amazing worker. Right. And it was just horrible. I was mentally and physically just absolutely drained at the end of every single day of my life. Well, I get that. Um, I get that 100 <laughs> percent. And so mom had taken to it, taken a lot of heart to it. She said, okay. She said, you don't want to do college? Don't do college. Mm -hmm. You do what you want to do. It's a balance because we want to honor our father and mother. Mm -hmm. You know, I think biblically, we're going back to raising. You weren't raised in a Christian home. Is that correct? correct? I was ever since birth. You Mm -hmm. know, that was an expectation where I'd be a Christian and get saved and do all this stuff. So there's an expectation almost that you have to honor your father and mother. Mm. To me, almost sometimes some Christian sects, uh, S-E-C-T-S, mm-hmm. specify that as, or explain that as, you got to do what your parents say. Yeah. You know, you have to do everything. But I think that's kind of becoming an adult. Mm. Finding the balance of honoring your father and your mother, yeah. but breaking off and doing your own thing, especially as a man. Yeah. Figuring out what you want in your life. 
what you want your life to look like. We still honor and respect our parents. Yeah. We don't disrespect them, but we have a life of our own. Sometimes some parents try to live their life through their children as well. Mm -hmm. That brings a whole other problem into yeah. it. But what are you going to do as a man mm -hmm. when it's your life and nobody else is there? Yeah. You know, are you going to get be 40, 50, 60, 70, and you've never really done what you wanted to do? Mm -hmm. You're always trying to please everybody else. And I think that's truly a part of becoming a man to me is I'm still going to honor my parents, but I have my own path. God has called me mm -hmm. on whatever path, you know, I have, yeah. and I'm going to take that route and still honor my parents by for doing sure. that. For sure. And, you know, from then on, you know, mom and dad has really thought a lot about, you know, they're like, man, he's, he's just very truthful with what he says sure, and whatnot. And, um, Couple of weeks ago, whenever uh, the young adult ministry had went on that trip to uh, Ocoee, Tennessee, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we were there in small groups, and I told this same story. Um, I, I told Bo about it uh, okay. or whatnot, and Bo even told me he's like, "Man, like that's you're, really you're gonna inspiring." Try, you're gonna try to get him on the podcast. Yes, right? that, you got to talk him into it. Yes, too. I will do. We'll do. But uh, Bo even told me he was he was like, "Man, that's that's really really inspiring. You seriously have a story to tell." Mm. Um, so this is probably my mom and dad's like biggest highlight of like their top tier favorite thing about me. Um, we were on family vacation one time and I want to say, let's say we were up in Gatlinburg. I want to say, I think that's where it was at. It's either Gatlinburg or Gulf Shores, one of the two. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were on family vacation. And we were looking for somewhere to go and eat that night. And uh, mom and dad was like, let's go to Dick's Last Resort. They hadn't been there in a while. Mm -hmm. um, in some years, mom had always talked about whenever she was younger or whatnot, their great food that they have and everything. And so we were like, okay, cool. Let, let, let's go here. And they had talked about how they were just kind of rude to you or whatnot they'd like throw a roll at you or something like this that. this isn't lambert's at gulf shores is it i don't think so okay. i don't think so i can't lambert's does that i got you and um but uh so they were like Let, let's go to dick's last resort okay so we get there and whatnot and obviously i had heard stories about what the restaurant is like from mom and dad speaking about it from years ago whenever they went mm -hmm. and uh so we get there and we just kind of take those first couple of steps into the building to get us some seats or whatnot to eat. And I just already from them felt uneasy. It just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to be here. It just didn't feel right. So we finally get seated and um, we're sitting there and our waitress or whatnot, she's coming around yelling at us and cussing at us and everything. Is it's, that per the restaurant? Yes. Is that their thing? Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the restaurant's I've actually environment. I've never even heard of that. Don't, don't go. Yeah, don't, don't go. go. <laughs> don't go. Uh, it's their environment or whatnot. It's all for the restaurant and everything. It's just how the environment is. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also took these, uh, a big sheet of paper or whatnot and folded it up into like a hat and everything, and they'd, like, write something on it and, like, put it on your head and everything. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you didn't see what it said unless you took it off and read it yourself. Right. Well, I, I had knew that this was coming because Mom and Dad had said something about that and everything, and uh, they uh, they came around, 
And I just didn't like the environment even more. I was sitting there thinking throughout this whole thing, you know, if we're a Christian family and mom and dad is supposed to be the Christian role models in the house, why are we going to a restaurant like that? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- what does this say about them bringing their children into an environment like this? Absolutely. What does that say about them? You know? And you were how old then? I was. nineteen twenty. No, 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 no. This is, I want to say maybe 16 or 17. That's even insightful for a 16 year old to think something like that. That's that's great, man. And uh, I I was, I was pretty young, somewhere in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, they, uh, they came around and they had put the hats on or whatnot. And I was so fed up with it that as soon as she put the hat on my head, I just took it off and crumbled it up. Because I didn't care. Mm. I did not care one bit. I was pretty mad at this point. Mm. Um, she came and got our orders for what we wanted to drink. I got something to drink. And uh, I wasn't even looking at the menu. I was just looking at the table in my own mind. And so much of me wanted to say just so many different things to mom and dad. But I, I just didn't say anything. And uh, we were sitting there. Everybody's trying to figure out what they want to eat. And mom goes, uh, she said, are you going to get something to eat? I said, no, I'm not. She goes, she goes, well, if you change your mind, let us know. And so five minutes goes by or whatnot. She goes, if you figured out what you want to eat? And I was like, no, I'm not getting anything. And dad looked over and he started to get mad. He said, well, either you eat here, or you're not getting anything else whenever we get back to the house. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, that's fine. I'm not eating anything here. Mm. And he was pretty bad about it. And he never understood why. Never understood why. And he was really mad with me that whole time. So they order. I'm sitting there just drinking on my Coca-Cola on my phone. And uh, they eat. We end up leaving. After we left the restaurant, I was still kind of irritated, but I was fine. And uh, dad came up to me and uh, he goes, Blake, he said, I really want to apologize to you. He said, you know, it it shouldn't have been like that. We should have never went there. And I told him, I finally said what I wanted to say. I said, I said, you know, this really says a lot about you. Mm -hmm. If y'all are these Christian people, why are you bringing your children into an environment? Right. I don't know the environment specifically, but I think that's really important that you felt conviction mm-hmm. and you acted upon it. I think as a 16 year old, that's extremely yeah. insightful, by the way, to even. Yeah. Do. And he told me he was like, I understand. that." Mm-hmm. You know, he said he said, seeing that really hurt me as a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I, I should have never brought you and your brothers there or us as even as a family, even a children. Can be, uh, can minister to their parents. Oh yeah, you know. And mom and dad, from that point on, they they probably I wouldn't even doubt that they still stand by this. But from that point on, they they even tell everybody they're like, we learn from our son. Mm-hmm. And you know, dad even says every now and then if he's talking to somebody new or some random stranger or something like that. He's like, you know, you would think that we would be teaching our kids. Mm-hmm. He said, but we learn from our son. Sure. We learn a lot from him. 
Well, the Bible talks about that. Look at the children, mm-hmm. you know, their joy, their faith, uh, everything. And yeah. we, we can learn for young people. Even for sure. old people can. For sure. Uh, we can learn, again, a lot of wisdom, I mm-hmm. think, from elderly people. But I'm 31. Even you, people younger than you, I still mm-hmm. learn stuff from you guys. You know, yeah. I think it's important to see people in all walks of life, all oh, aspects yeah. of life, and pick up on that. Um, good things about that. Yeah, what I gained from that, man, be bold. Oh, yeah. Be for bold, sure. man. That's what we talked for about sure. a second ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of been the theme of the whole podcast, yeah. I yeah. feel like. Be bold about your faith, man, your convictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, if you're not a Christian, yeah. you have convictions. So you have something in your gut. You know, something tells you, I, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel mm-hmm. right here. The spirit, you know, if you're a Christian, stirring inside you, you know, convicting you of certain things. Mm-hmm. Be bold. Yeah. Um, if you're feeling convicted about something, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a good way to handle it. I felt like the way you handled that situation was pretty mm-hmm. good overall. Yeah. The way your parents responded, some parents just go wild and yeah. make you eat and stuff like yeah. that. Very mature for them yeah. uh, to do what they did too. But yeah. be bold, man. Stand up for what you believe in. Oh yeah, for sure. Um and and do what uh what live by your convictions. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's yep. my story, man. Awesome, that's man. Story. Beautiful story. We have gone an hour and 12 that minutes. Dude. We've lo- I'm I locked know. in, dude. Time is <laughs> I feel like I could go for hours. Right? We're going to cover one or two more topics. Yeah, we're going to wrap cool. it up. That's cool. Your YouTube. Actually, let's talk about high school sports. Did you okay. play high school sports? I did. Um, I tried out for basketball uh, almost every year that I was at Hoax Bluff. Okay. Um, it was what I was highly passionate about. Um, was basketball through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom ended up playing black basketball in high school or whatnot. So I was like, man, I really want to play basketball. Okay. And uh, but that never fell through. Um, and my junior year of high school, uh, I ended up getting into bowling. Uh, my mom has always been a huge bowler all of her life. She's been bowling ever since she was six mm. or whatnot. And so I've always looked up to her for bowling and whatnot, and it inspired me to get into bowling and everything. Uh, so yeah, so I, I bowled my junior and senior year there in high school. And, uh, at the end of my senior year, I uh, was actually talking to my coworker about this a couple of days ago. And, uh, we were talking about like our, our high school flex. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, I said, you know, if there was anything that I had my high school flex on, it was that, uh. I'm the best bowler to ever come through Hoax Block. There you go. And, there you uh, go. You got to get I've what got you can get, man. Right, right. I've got all the trophies to prove it and everything. Uh, awesome, but dude. So, yeah, I, I did high school for, or uh, bowling for a couple years in high school. That's awesome, sure. dude. I uh, played baseball in third grade, mm-hmm. third grade only. Uh, I tried out for basketball in eighth grade, didn't make it. Uh, mm-hmm. Still bitter about it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I was I, bitter as well. I, I can't lie. Right. Uh, Still wouldn't make the team. But anyway, it wasn't banned from sixth grade through 12th grade, band captain, drumline captain, all that. Pretty successful in band. And that goes to sometimes what you want to do isn't always your path. You know what I mean? Sometimes uh, paths gets redirected. Stuff that you don't want to do isn't what's best for you. Made incredible friendships in band, drumline, still to this day. Love those guys and everything. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Southside Drumline 2009, <laughs> right. the best drumline in the state of all time. I'm saying it right now. Now, you talked about bowling. Tell us about your bowling YouTube channel. Yeah. So it, it took a lot for me to want to get into that, you know? Mm. Um, and shout out to you and your YouTube channel yeah. or whatnot, yeah. inspiring me to this do that. This podcast is on it, man. Right. And um, it, it really inspired me to do that. I was like, man, I, I just want to have something fun to do. Sure. Um, so I ended up getting just a few things or whatnot for, I guess you could say starter equipment, uh, or whatnot. And, uh, 
I started doing um we me and Aaron had uh started Your younger brother. Yes. Uh we had started our uh what was called Generation Gap Bowling League. Uh it's where a adult and a youth bowler bowl together on a team or whatnot. So me and him started doing that and I also thought it would be something cool for me and him to do to bond together with or whatnot. Uh, for me and him to start that and everything. So, yeah, so I started that uh, back in uh, June, I want to say. Posted a few videos and whatnot. Uh, just kind of let it run its course and everything. I still have a couple more videos that I really do need to get up and running uh, mm. since we've been out of the league for a little bit. But, yeah, um, nothing really has happened with that YouTube channel as much as I wanted it to sure. or whatnot. But it, it was just a fun side project. It takes it. time. It takes oh, yeah. time to build everything up. Uh, it's kind of just a slow growth. And mm -hmm. then if you keep making content, eventually it just takes yep. off. Yep. That's just part of it. Yeah. We, we're both work. We both do all this mm -hmm. stuff. You just got to do it when you yep. can, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. But yeah, I'm going to put all your stuff down in the description. Okay, if anybody wants to check it. that yes. out, it's going to be in yes. the description. Going to be uh, going to be good content coming mm -hmm. on that channel. For sure. Dude, we've been going a long time. I know. We got a whole sheet of paper stuff to talk about <laughs> right and we're not going to get to cover it all but we're going to go yeah, ahead and start to wrap it up here yeah. probably about 10 15 more minutes okay. left tell us about your 5 10 20 year plan what's your life what do you think start with five years mm -hmm. where do you see yourself in five years what do you think you're going to be doing and you know i think about that every now and then because that question gets brought up a decent amount and whatnot and throughout me I kind of base this on just recent events. What has happened here recently and what has built up to these certain events mm. and whatnot. Um, but hopefully in five years, I hope to see myself running my own store uh, at Hibbets, having my own store to run and or somewhere in corporate with Hibbets. Um, you know, that's just the vision I've been set on here these past couple months and everything with how quickly I've been moving up in the company already. Mm -hmm. um, that's just been my vision on it and uh, what I'm hopeful for. You know, if uh, if that, I tell people, if that ends up falling through, worst case scenario, we go back to college and get our accounting degree. Sure. You know, and uh, try to find a job with that. That's you know? kind of unorthodox. A lot of people, college and then everything mm -hmm. else. Yeah. But for you, it's work and then college right. is kind of your backup plan. Mm -hmm. Um it's pretty unique. I think yeah. that's very unique, but you're successful in what you're doing. You're exactly. passionate about it. You mm -hmm. like customer service. Go for yeah. it. Man. Nothing wrong for with sure. that. 10 years. What do you think about 10 years? You know, what do you think, man? 10 years. That Dream makes with me, me a little bit. Right, right. 10 years. You know, that puts me in your shoes now. That's right. Starting 31. 31. That's it. 31. Uh, hopefully, at that time, to have a spouse. Uh, hopefully. I would like to. I that's would right. like to. You know, God's plan, whatever happens, happens. You that's know, right. and I just live by it. Um, but hopefully by that time I have set exactly what I want to do with my life. Um, at that point, whether it is somewhere in corporate and I'm working there for who knows how long, you know, whether it's for the rest of my life or some more time after that. Um, if not, hopefully by that time have my accounting degree to be set with that accounting type job, uh, with whatever it is. Uh, if I get that accounting degree, maybe take mom's spot at her job that she's at now. Uh, she ends up retiring by that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I and take, she does what? I don't know if we uh, clarified she, that. She, uh, she works at Cusa Industrial in Alabama City. Uh, okay. She's a uh, bookkeeper slash accountant. Okay. Um, Still accounting. Yes. Uh, she takes care of anything uh, accounts receivable uh, and whatnot. 
or uh, accounts payable, anything like that. And she helps keeps tabs on um, the storage units that they have there as well. Which and is everything. an incredibly important job. Yes, yes. Very she important. she has a Come very... tax time especially. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. She she has a very uh, high high standard at that job, and she's very good at what she does. Very good at what she does. So hopefully, somewhere's in that boat if uh, Hibbis doesn't work out. 20 years. Where are you at in 20 years? 20 then? years. Hopefully Dream that, a little that bit. time. Got some youngins. Right, right. Hopefully by that time, have a couple kids of my own. Or whatnot, hopefully to be raising them up, uh, obviously in the way of the Lord. That's right. Um, and hopefully by that time, just to have my life really firmly set out. You know, um, start looking ahead to retirement at that time, making sure is this where I want to end my career? You know, That's with correct. whatever it is that I'm doing. So yeah, that's awesome, dude. For yeah. sure. I'm uh yeah, just rolling, man. I'm doing uh doing my thing, nurse practitioner by yeah. trade. Uh, Dr. Jared Nelson doing my thing out uh, here, taking care of people. CEO may be in the works one day. CEO, okay, CEO okay, Nelly. Okay, you never know. Okay. You never know. Man, this has been amazing. It has. I have loved this. Really we gotta has. get. We get, we're gonna have a second guest right yes, there too. We'll, yes. get, we'll get you to come back. We gotta cover For the rest sure. of these topics. Oh yeah. I'm gonna put all of Blake's information down in the Appreciate description it. It. to your YouTube channel. If you want to visit Blake's stuff, he's gonna have some great content. Yes. Go and check that out. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Dr. Jared Nelson. Thank you for watching Jared Nelson on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe to the channel, this podcast episode. We are on every streaming platform on the podcast uh, web space. You can like us there, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you want to check out. Give us a five-star rating. Yes. It's going to help five us star. grow a ton. Thank you for watching, and until next time, see ya. See y'all.